House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Burn podcast. House of Burn at gmail.com is our email address. I am Kevin. He is Jason. We are recording episode number 576 tonight. This, the 10th day of February. I was trying to say something eloquent there, Jason. And I said, fancy yourself running down a runway with a fiberglass pole, <laughs> launching yourself. Up onto a roof of a small house. How are you doing, Jace? I'm tired. I'm okay. Yeah, man. You sound, I don't want to say defeated, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 you're battling right now. Okay. What, what defeated me? Do you, know, do you want to take a guess? That's a good, good question. Um, I mean, it's, I think at this point, mm. um, you know, 11 months into a pandemic, I'm just going to say just everything. Just it's, it's getting a lot of stuff thrown at you. That's a correct like, answer. I, I, like, if you told me you were walking, like, to the store and, like, a piano almost fell on you from a two-second story window, like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, that's about right. You hear people say, oh, man, I'm really struggling with this pandemic. And I want to find the person who's not. And who's just out living what, their best life? Who figure? I, I guess there's millionaires and billionaires who are, are making out just fine. But there's... <laughs> It just seems like everyone's like, man, this is this has been been a tough spot for 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 Jimmy. I'm like, yeah, well, all of us are kind of in the same spot. I don't know, some worse than others for sure. But I don't know anybody who's been like, this has been a great last year. It's just been a really eye opening for me. Yeah, there's there's probably someone who's just had like a string of good luck and like, but doesn't. I'm I'm hoping that person knows enough not to speak up on it. Like, it's just quietly, uh, yeah. like you know, enjoying their enjoying their year. Yeah. And they're just like, man, this is actually going really well. Everything <laughs> is kind of crushing, but I, uh, I don't want to, you know, make anyone mad. So I'm just gonna just keep saying, yeah, man, 2020, rough, rough. If you were a type of person whose enjoyment came from going places and doing things, it, though it was tough to say it was good because you can't list the places you went or the things that you did or the bands that you saw in concert or the, you know, crazy. The, the two marathons that you ran. You can't really say that. So it's right. like you, you have to have been a person whose fulfillment in life came solely from mostly being at home big, on your computer. Big I guess year the, for recluses. Right? Yeah, or the, the people who made money on GameStop. I guess mm. that's the type of person who's enjoying it. Got out at the right time, too, you know, because it's pretty, yeah. it's fell down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, who'd have thought? Who saw that coming? That they I went, thought it was going to maintain yeah. as the most powerful company in the world. <laughs> It's a Fortune 1 company. It's the only one. Hey, I made you. I don't want to take all the credit, but I'll take most of it. I made you $14 yesterday. So you did. You're That's doing, right. You're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, I, Kevin. I'm not much of a gambler. I've said it before, but Kevin goes, hey, if you have any money, bet it on the Spurs losing. I said, take all of your money. Is take what all your money. And I said, I have $14.55 in my betting account. I will put, and then I, I sent you the receipts. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. got receipts, as they say. And uh, yeah, you're you're right. Bet against Spurs trying to win four in a row. That seems to be the uh, way to guarantee to make money. Haven't done it in now a season and almost a season and a half. And it was the second day of a back-to-back against a team 
they played the night before. Yeah. That they beat. It was basic and one of and the team had Steph Curry on it. It was free yeah. money. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Do you regret not betting more? Because I told you to bet everything you had. I'm looking you back did. at the text message right now. I didn't say clear out your your gambling account. I said everything you have on this. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Yeah, and the only reason I normally don't even have money in that account, I, I made a few Super Bowl prop bets. So I had I hit like two out of the nine I did. Okay. And so that was the money I had left over. So otherwise I wouldn't have even probably wouldn't have even done anything. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. That was not that Yeah, was not it wasn't fun, fun right? No. I'm not one of these people who's like, now Brady's not on the Patriots anymore. I love cheering for him. No, what who are these rational people? No, don't be rational. If you don't like him, don't like him. I know, I know your blood was boiling when all the MJ stuff started afterwards, too. It just had to. Which, it just... it's like, why, why is this a conversation with, like, yeah, like that, that's popping up, you know? Like, are we going to pretend like Brady's the reason they won the Super Bowl and not that their defense was way ooh, better? Ooh, like, is that what we're going to do? The NFC I, Championship game where he threw three picks? Yeah, let's, let's really give him all the credit. It's like giving Michael Cherry all the credit for the men's 4 by 4 victories. Whoa, like, whoa, dude, whoa, Michael Cherry's great, but come on. What did Michael Cherry do? He's <laughs> sitting here listening to the pod, and you throw that one out there. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, but I, I think we are in the minority on this one. I yeah, just, he's great. I mean, there's no denying how great he is, but, like, you know, we don't have to pretend like he's the only reason, right? Like, I don't know. This is what I've been asking football people because I don't really follow the NFL that closely. But do people actually make the argument that if you swapped him and Aaron Rodgers or him and Philip Rivers when Philip Rivers was at his peak in those teams that he would have been worse and those quarterbacks would have had more Super Bowls? Like I get it from like a – there's an intangible element to it, but there's also a, a raw skill – to it as well too and it seems like there's a lot of other people who have recently who have the same if not greater skill at the position mm. or am i am i misreading it like if aaron Rodgers was drafted by the patriots right is it crazy to think aaron Rodgers would have maybe not every single one maybe but he'd have a lot of them right it seems yeah it seems like well and i think that was the big conversation right was like is it brady or is it belichick and now it's like obviously all six super bowls in new england were brady because he won this year it's (laughs) like yes that's logical and let's go with that yeah i like the what was funny is robert Ori jumped in about welcome to the seven championships (laughs) (laughs) okay i didn't see that that's the best thing that happened this week though well because they're and i'm sure brady was like hey can you just not get that close to me with that because Obviously, Robert Ory was never the best player on any championship. But the whole, the whole apples to orange. I mean, it's it's it, this is the world athlete of the year conversation, right? A lot of you're just you're comparing two wildly different things. But it's just so funny that because he has one more than Jordan now in two completely different sports, where an individual's impact is greatly different on the outcome. It's like, yep, he's better, and then. Someone, some NFL writer at some point's like, name me one person who's done better. And everybody's like quote tweeting it with other, like, like Serena Williams has whatever she 23 Grand Slam titles. It's like, right. it, they're, Simone Biles doesn't, did a, they had to outlaw a move that Simone Biles did in gymnastics because it was too dangerous for everybody else. I was going to, I was going to break my Twitter uh, sabbatical and, and put a, like a Kipchoge stat in there, but I decided. I decided not to. That they that would have been too far. I don't want to pile on too much to this to this poor poor NFL writer. But it is funny how everything is just it's a 
big old it's a sport with a whole bunch of moving pieces and it's been distilled down to one guy being the greatest athlete of all time i just right. thought it was i thought it was funny especially with yeah the i mean it's yeah he's i mean like i said it's, there's no real argument like he's the best quarterback ever and we can all agree on that right it's pretty like hard to argue no i want to that. disagree that's what i'm saying i um, thought i think aaron Rodgers is better that's what right i, I mean <laughs> if you just do a pure statistical analysis you've you've got an argument it, right well that's what i'm saying it's not i mean i don't know if i actually believe it because i don't know enough about it but so and it's it's a weird time and i apologize for the old super bowl discussion here at the top folks especially our folks in great britain who are like what no premier league to open the show no we're not doing that but like patrick mahomes granted that game was awful on sunday but patrick mahomes does stuff on the football field that i've never seen anybody else do yes he's yeah so brady's the goat because it's you know it's a full resume or whatever patrick mahomes is unquestionably the most talented quarterback i've ever seen like and he's like the best version of a quarterback i've ever seen Right, so I don't really think that's you know shouldn't that count for something? Assuming he stays at the same, you know, c- continues for a, a career of you know, ten, fifteen more years or something, but he only gets one or two more Super Bowls. Shouldn't that matter? I, it's just it's our, our obsession to only look at things in how well their team did is a bit. Well, it makes me like individual sports. I'll just say that because there's no hiding. You're either yeah. you're either part of the U.S. goat list that Jason and I put together yeah. or you're not it's that simple well that's why i like baseball too because it's it's really kind of like you could be the best player you could be mike trout and be easily the best player in baseball and what maybe the best in history and if your team doesn't make the playoffs like it's like not your fault really at all because you really can only do so yeah. much as a baseball player like you only have this limited control yeah, where like nba most... you have quite a bit of control oh yeah you're one of you five know, on football the you have a good, a good you know, like not maybe not quite as much as nba but a good amount Dude, the best football player of all time is probably some left tackle or something, right? Right. Like, this is why it's so funny about the Heisman Trophy and everything like that. Wow, it just so happens that most years, the best football player in all the country happens to play offense. What are the odds, statistically, of that being true? It's obviously not true. Yeah, it's just more more obvious to the... Yeah. 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 I, I don't... Like, baseball, what's the... Who has the most World Series titles of all time? Which individual player? Uh, it's got to be like Yogi Berra or something like that. Like the, you know, those old Yankee teams. Yeah. But there was like three teams in the league back then. So that really didn't matter. You basically won your division and then that was it. But I don't feel like baseball measures people like that, do they? Because they have. No, just... I mean, I think only Yankee fans. They just go count the rings, you know. But yeah. uh, I think that's. <laughs> it is Yogi Berra. He's got 10. Okay. Who's the one like in a, of the modern era who has the most? Uh, I mean, like, Jeter had, what, four okay. or five? Four. And do people in baseball argue that Jeter is a better player than, like, has had a better career than Mark, Mike Trout, for example, or no? I, I think the only, you know, people who, like, anyone who, like, I think is honest or pays attention to actual, like, you know, outside of, like, any stats whatsoever, like, won't actually try to make that argument. Um, but yeah. I'm sure you could find some people in the uh, in the Bronx who would do that. I think I think in basketball, because there's so few people on the court, you're just, you're, you're playing offense and defense. You have such a good in, you're influencing the game at such a high level that I think you can draw more of a correlation. Yeah, you're going to have better players on your team, right? Barkley, great player. Ewing, great player. Malone, Stockton, all those. You know, they never won titles, but they were great players. But 
I mean, no, no one would argue that those players would be better than Bird, Magic, or Jordan. There's another right. tier there. But, of course, those players are better than, uh, you know, Robert Ory, for example, who has seven titles. Right. I just – I don't know. But ba- basketball, too, I guess it just – the whole because there's so many games, I guess you could have really inflated stats um, and then not do it when it counts. So if you looked at, like, playoffs and, and things like that, I don't know. I just – I just roll my eyes. When I see that, and then I, I mean, I'm, I'm just most sports that. conversations like on the internet are are awful and just yeah. the worst, you know, thing in the world. So, also, it is weird. I guess someone, some math person, could run some. Very, it just seems like Brady just gets the, the lucky bounce so many times. <laughs> That's so weird to think about too. I know it's gone against him a few times as well too, but. You know what I'm talking about? There's just, there's oh, yeah. Just, like, I mean, so he's many... definitely – and I think, you know, you need – especially football has the most random, like, breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, the weird-shaped ball, the, all that stuff. But, like, <laughs> the one thing that bounces – the ball bounces one way compared to the other. Yeah. Like, can swing a game. Um, and, yeah, he. I mean, starting, like, basically at the tuck rule since then, things have gone uh, overall pretty well for them. Yeah. The tuck rule, the Seahawks game, the year – I guess it was – a. His last one in New England, right? Against Kansas City when the guy was like lined up off sides and the game right. would have essentially been uh, – it was just a weird call. I I also think they got to make pass interference reviewable. They right? did, right? Did they? Yeah. that uh, la- This year and last year they, okay. they started ma- allowing it to be reviewed. Well, then they need to give him like six more challenges then or something because <laughs> – there were so many – like, that's such a game-defining play. It's not like basketball where, okay, call foul, get two shots. It's like, no, you're you're on the one-yard line. Right. You, you've won the game and in, in the first half. Not to say it would have uh, altered the ultimate outcome because of how poorly the Chiefs played in the second half, but there was just call after call there on, on PIs and holding. I guess you could call something on every, on every play, so you just have endless amount of challenges. In any event, that's my Super Bowl recap. I hadn't had a chance to talk to you about it, but no, pretty, yeah, that's I was uh, pretty pissed. So yeah, it was it was just a. I wish it was just a better game. You know, it was just was kind of boring. My son was devastated because he's a Mahomes fan now. Mm. I mean, yeah, how it's it's hard not to be. He did though tell me today he got in trouble at school because he was playing football, which he's not supposed to do, I guess, at his daycare. And he was Patrick Mahomes, and the other team was the Buccaneers. And I said, well, who else was on your team? And he said, just me. And I said, well, how many people are on the other team? He said, three. And they were tackling him. <laughs> Sounds about right. So there we go. He, ins- he was inspired. He got some of that uh, anger out. It's already okay. as Bill against the world. Yeah, right? Okay, so we got some songs to play, Jason. Yeah, for, for up the top, not talking about running. This was a big week in running. I know. We should not have done 15 minutes on the NFL at the top. We probably should have led with Gudolf Sagai or Holloway or Lil Britson. But I mean, we'll, uh, we'll get to it we, we, we already got leader, new leaders in the clubhouse for Athlete of the Year. We do. Okay, so first of all, we're going to move out the women's category, and we're going to put Gudolf Sagai in there. Are you yep. okay with that? 100%. Okay. The men, are you putting someone past Ryan Krauser? Uh no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, both. Who's close? You know, there were some good performances, but the 60-meter hurdles doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. In, like, a, you know, it's just, like, 
it's I mean, I think Holloway's gonna have a monster year, and that's gonna be awesome to watch, and I look forward to it because he gapped a field in a sixty meter hurdle. It's mm-hmm. hard to do. And uh Jakob uh, you know, run a three thirty one is pretty pretty awesome. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just hard it's hard indoors. It was uh, just need to need to I'm still going to give it to Krauser. Where normally, you know, I always lean running. I'm going to give give Krauser uh, another week or two at the top. Okay, I think if Holloway gets it though, you got to move him in there, right? Yes, yeah. If he would have, if he would have taken down the world record for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with Sagai though, because that is a world record. Three fifty three oh nine. Two seconds faster than Dababa. Did you watch? You watched the video of the race. I did. Where Tim Hutchings was kind of confused about why they were going out so fast. And then, yeah. now they went out really fast. Was it 59 for the, the first 400? So they went out stupid fast. But then it became clear what was going on. What were yeah. your thoughts watching the, the last half of that race? Uh, yeah, I, she was, I mean, you could tell she was really pushing it. You know, it was not necessarily like that. We've seen it a lot of world records. I mean, maybe it's just marathons, but like where someone looks like they're just totally in control and have no, like there was that little part mm-hmm. of me that goes like, is Sagega like she, is she going to fall apart with a lap right. or two to go? Right, because she had pushed it so hard and she was going so fast. Um, obviously she did not. Three fifty three indoors is just stupid. Fast. I mean, that's yeah. that's so insane. And like Laura Mir running three fifty nine indoors yeah. and just getting just obliterated. Right, um, right, was weird to see. Uh, yeah, so it was just like, holy crap. Like, I, it was just, it wasn't, like, I already knew what she had run before I watched it. But even just, like, I was surprised, I guess, that the announcers weren't talking about the world record more. Because it seemed like, oh, this is obviously going to happen, barring a meltdown. That is a great point to bring up. And she had two rabbits with her, correct? Yeah. In there, so it looked like a legit record attempt. But these things... Sometimes they go under the radar if they're not hyped appropriately. Yeah, if, if it's or, not um, the story going in, then it doesn't really, you know. I don't know if there was a press conference. Right? Laura Mears in the race, so probably Laura Mears getting all the media attention. I mean, the, someone must have known because the rabbits must have said, we're going to go with Sagai, and Sagai is telling us to go. You don't accidentally run that fast. I know they were saying, oh, the pace was off, but... I don't think it was that bad. Like, I don't think they missed by that much, is what I'm saying. I don't think they were supposed to do 64 or something, and they said, whoops, we did 59. Right. I think more it was, oh, they were supposed to do 61 or something like that, and then they messed up and did a 59. Um, So, yeah, this clearly was in the works, but no one really knew, and the people who knew weren't talking. And then you look – I didn't realize this. She's already raced once. This year as well too. She ran, she ran a four oh two in Addis Ababa, which I'm, I don't know if that was indoor or outdoor. But she basically tuned up for this race, as opposed to a lot of other athletes who were making their debut in this meet because this was the the biggest indoor meet in Europe this season. So yeah. when you look at it after the fact, it lines up a little bit more of oh, it makes. It, it it makes sense that she was going for it, but to go all the way down to 353. Yeah, I don't. I mean, unless she warmed up with a 357, I don't think I would have been like. Well, I'm just saying she had a race this. in her legs. She had a race yeah, in her legs. I mean, that helps for sure, but just like 353 is nuts. I mean, I, I just, you know, and we know Dababa owns like every indoor record from the 200 to the 
10,000. Right. Um, so I guess she's, she's losing one here. I'm, yeah, I, I was blown away by how fast it was. Addis Ababa is at 7,000 feet, though. So you got to factor mm. that in as well, too. So it probably equates to, to, it equates to something much quicker. She's the most – she's not underrated anymore. But going into this race, she's the most underrated 1,500-meter in the world, runner in the world. She got third in Doha in a, in yeah. that, in a ridiculously fast time. Beat Houlihan, beat Simpson, beat Muir, was only behind Hassan and Kip Yegon, but we met, we always seem to talk about those other runners and not her. That's obviously changing now. Um, from a shoe take perspective, how happy were you that she was wearing Adidas? Yeah, I mean it's uh any victories we can get in the uh in, in my no shoe camp is good. Um <laughs> Shoeless you know, I'm sure I'm, sh- I'm sure people are going to now say the Adidas are too good. Um, so there'll be something, some sort of backlash there. But uh, <laughs> at I, least we can, at least we can, like, can we all like just put to rest like, oh, it, these Nike athletes have a huge advantage. Like there's been enough insane Adidas performances, right? That we don't need to do this anymore. No, we're going to keep doing it. It was funny though, because this was the second to last event, right? Holloway was last. I think yeah. that's right. So before this, you had... All these fast times. You had Ingebrigtsen run the 331. You had this men's 3K, which was preposterously fast with a steepler, getting at Wale, almost breaking a Daniel Coleman record. We've talked about on this show how nuts the Daniel Coleman records were from the 90s. So everything was lining up. Like if you were at your computer as a professional take artist, like you already had all the Nikes ruining the sport, all the none of the times mean anything queued up. And then in the second to last event, Segei wearing Adidas runs 353 and beats Muir, who's wearing the Nike shoes. And the British media loves to ask Laura Muir constantly about her shoes. That's what they were doing in Doha. Beats her by six seconds. Now, Muir still ran fast. Yeah, that's a, a good performance from Muir. Right. Like, that's... And maybe if she won the race, they would have still they would have beaten the drum about and only and, and run only, in quotes, 359. They would have been beating the drum about how the shoes aren't fair, but it's hard to do when someone beats you by six seconds wearing another pair of shoes. I do like that the shoe truthers are standing up for the sanctity of a Genzebe de Baba record. It's just, I mean, I've, we've been doing this podcast long enough to know how strange that is, but that's the world we inhabit now, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fair. I, I'm, like I said, I'm just happy that the arguments get worse. I mean, I guess it's the, the only argument really now is just like all shoes are too good. And if that's the one we're doing, fine. Like, you can go with that. But at least now I don't have to base it on which athlete is sponsored by who. Well, this is where it's it's going to get worse this year. Just I'm just letting you know. It's I mean, going to get worse this year. It's just, you know, it's going to be one of those things that's going to be around for a while, unfortunately. But the I think the marathon, the road racing stuff is going to calm down a bit because we've already exhausted all that. But I think they're going to pick it up on the track because it's the first – this is the first full season where people are wearing these these spikes uh, with the super duper whatever whatever in them foam and plates and all that stuff. But it is hard to have form a coherent narrative and then have smack dab in the middle of it a woman wearing three fifty three and trying to explain that <laughs> because you because yeah. then you could just say hey track was fast like right? you, you can attribute it to to other things and again i'm not gonna say that the shoes don't work because there's people who are paid a ton of money to make the best the best shoes out there but 
I don't know, man. Like, Ingebrigtsen running 331.80, not it that easy surprising. Too. I know, but that's not that surprising. Like, No, but it looks like... has the world record. And if you're saying that Ingebrigtsen is better than Tafera was, I'm not going to argue with you. That equates to what? A 348 high in the mile? Right, we've which seen, he should easily do, yeah. Well, right, and we've seen at BU, right? we've seen Kajelka run ridiculously fast. We've seen Rupp run 350. You know, this is all pre-super-duper spikes, too. We saw it was Johnny Gregoric in that mile, ran 349. Yeah. Which which would be you know about to a 332 here. So, yeah, the margin was ridiculous there. Uh, I'm sure he was beating people who also had Nike spikes on in that race, too. I don't think he was the only one wearing them. But the time wasn't ultimately surprising. If Ingebrigtsen breaks the world record indoors in the 1500, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the least. I'm not saying it's expected, but that's a low, that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I just don't think it's something like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the 1500 world record is offhand. Um, 331 low. I'll just say low, but I mean, okay. get, yeah, but, like, but like, it's it's not one I necessarily think of as like, because Samuel Tafera has like, it. yeah, He's how many how many like crazy minutes. runs are there at the indoor fifteen? Like, it just like yeah, you get one a year, yeah, where like someone you know runs fast, but yeah, exactly, like it's not it's not some crazy out there record. Like those ones are probably should go down if someone really if one of the best runners in the world really wants to make a run at it. Yeah, well, and what we've learned time and time again is people are. If they're racing, they're in pretty good shape right now. And we think that they're not going to be because there hasn't been this whole season. But they're doing stuff to stay in shape. We saw that last summer. We're seeing that now. Um, yeah, indoors. So Kajelka's ran, Kajelka ran 347 in Boston. Garouge ran 348.4. Chez ran a 349. That was when he was the greatest miler in, or runner in the world. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was 2018. Is that when he's a great? Yeah. Gregoric, seventh all time, 349. Centro ran 350 indoors. Sam Prakel ran 350.91 indoors. Maybe this track is quick. I don't know about leaving, but I mean, I know about Boston, but I don't know about leaving. But anyway, uh, so that 3,000, that men's 3,000, though, was crazy because. Before we do that, let's, I think we got to give Sagay her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moment sorry. On here. My, my apologies. It's a world record The likes of which has never been seen It's a world record Highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved Wouldn't believe if I told you Go to YouTube and I'll show you Got results to verify Soon it will be ratified Well, it's a world record The likes of which has never been seen Well, it's a world record Highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved Well, it's a world record Well, it's a All right, now to this uh, – let's talk about the 3,000s now. 
yeah. men's and women's. So Wale runs 724.98. Just missed the world record. But this race is weird because there were so many people in it, even though the pace was ridiculous. Borrega was right there. Uh, but also Germa was there. And Germa, it was hard to tell when you watched it the first time, but when you rewatch it, he clearly miscounts the laps and really goes for it. Yeah. And everybody follows him, but then moves out to lane two. Uh, Hutchings is talking about, oh, he let, he let him go by, but it's kind of clear he's just completely out of gas because he, he fell way off the pace. Still breaks 7.30, though, which is nuts to think about. But I think this one almost surprised me. Well, I guess I put Sagai number one. Actually, no, I think this is more surprising than Sagai's time. For a steepler to almost get a Coleman record, I hold the Coleman records in higher regard than the Dababa yeah, records. Yeah, that, that 14 months or whatever Coleman that, that, that stretch is, is like some of the just like more hollowed ground. Oh, f- 14 years, yeah. Wait, what? 14 months? No, I mean like the, with that 14 months of his career where he... Oh, right, 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 right. ...ran like four or five like insane times that just yeah. like have still like held on um yeah like those are those are extremely crazy yeah i was like 14 years i think it was in the 90s wait what no, years yeah. you, you you got me really confused there but you're going you're going deep into the daniel coleman archives there i like hey it. man it's, it's i think it's one of the great runs great great runs ever if you combine indoor and outdoor though you have coleman 720 garuja 723 and then you'd go Coleman again with 724.90 indoors, and then Wally would be fourth. It's pretty, pretty elite company there, again, for a guy who does the steeple. Do you think he should still do the steeple? Or do we have a Daphne Shippers situation on our hands? Mm. I mean, it's a fair question. Um, so thinking of him jumping into the five, obviously. Um, I mean, he would be... He would be right up there. It's the, f- I mean, what's, what's a better path to goal? Is it the five or the steeple? Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> when you put it that way, probably the steeple. Yeah, it but seems... it's just so much work. Yeah, I mean, it's things. it's brutal, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's like it's not like he's incapable of winning the five. Like that's that's certainly possible. It's the mm-hmm. five's certainly deeper. Um, he's basically a guarantee to either you know just to medal in the in the yeah. steeple i mean that seems that would, that would take a pretty crazy race not to um but you know who knows maybe if he uh you know wins gold in the steeple he decides to decides to mix it up a little bit yeah yeah it's just to think of somebody with that flat speed in the in, in the five would be i mean ethiopia's five thousand team is hard to make, but I just listed the names of the people who were faster than him in the in the three thousand. That'd be pretty pretty cool. The five thousand could man, five thousand is getting interesting when you already have Chepty Guy at all in there. It's gonna be cool. Okay. Women's three, Safan Hassan. Is she done? I mean it's proof that, you know, I mean she's she's not human. I mean or she is human. I mean that's that's the it's big. You know, it's like when the Russian bleeds in Rocky Four. You just kind of go, "All right, maybe, maybe this is this is it." <laughs> yeah, it's like when Tom Brady gets bailed out on a third down. Oh no, wait, never mind. It's, yeah, it's not the opposite. I think she looked like she hadn't raced indoors in a while because she hadn't. She was really far back. I think she still would have been 
beaten, even if she positioned herself better at the end, because Levin Amahailu, the woman who won, had an insane kick. <laughs> but Hassan looked out of place for a lot of that race. Like she didn't know where quite to settle in into the pack, and she couldn't do the last to first thing without expending a ton of energy. Yeah. And that's the game indoors. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, and it's indoors. It's I mean I you know I want to see her obviously uh, running outdoors. I'm glad she ran. It's always fun to see see her run. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's too much to uh, overreact to. All right, so she's not done. I mean, you know, it's fun if she is, but no, it's not really. <laughs> okay, let's get that American record song ready because Grant Holloway broke his own, ran seven thirty two, number two all time. In the 60 hurdles, you described this pretty well before. He, what'd you say? He won, he, he had a blowout in the 60 meter. Yeah, 60 he meter just race. gapped the field in uh, in the 60 hurdles, which yeah. shouldn't be doable um, just because there's no time for this mm-hmm. to happen. You know, there's uh, seven seconds. So that seems like not a lot of time to gain a thing, but it's, he just, you know, gets in that groove that you see. And it's just like when they're, it's not actually possible to gain speed while hurdling. Yeah, I don't but think. It looks like it, but it yeah. looks like you are, and mm-hmm. you know we've seen Merritt do it. We've seen Richardson do it. We've seen Kenny Harrison do it. Like where they just get on those certain things, and it's just it's the stride is so everything's so in sync and so perfect, and it's they're just exploding over everything. And Holloway definitely has that talent. Where if he gets in that great groove, mm-hmm. like he he could make a run at the world record, and that. You know, seeing a season like that, if he could just like drop twelve nines every week and then yeah. until it you know gets a chance to break the world record, that would be that would be pretty amazing. I think that's where we're headed, barring some sort of injury. I think this sort of stuff is going to become routine for Holloway. I think when all is said and done, he'll have the indoor and yeah, the outdoor world record, and I think he's going to be all over that top ten list. I mean, that world record is is no joke. I mean, it's that's gonna be I, I don't think he's incapable for sure but that's gonna take uh something special i want to see him i want to see him run 12 9 a few times um i know he's run 12 9 before but like i want to see him kind of do it for for a bit because uh man that that merit season was just so insane yeah but merit remember didn't didn't have a ton of 12 nines either like his his he dropped he dropped that uh 12 80 kind of i mean he was winning everything so you can't fault him for that but that 2012 season, his best. Let's see what was his best before. He ran a. Well, he had a 12. He had a couple 1293s. You're, uh, yeah. Oh, never yeah, mind. I'm I'm completely, saying, I'm his season wrong. was insane. I was like, dude, I don't think you're remembering this correctly. Like, yeah, I'm not at all. Do, let but... me, let me, let me revise that. I think what I meant to say was, he went from 1292 down to 1280. There was a big jump there. That's that's the point. I was, I had made at some point in my life and was trying to recreate there. So he, the, he'd he'd only broken 13, 13 times that season, so it's not yeah. not much. Okay, I'm wrong, Jason. I get it. This is <laughs> I'll read them for you. I'll do my penance here. Uh, I'm including wind dated and not whatever. Twelve ninety nine. This is this is just all of his sub thirteen. So I'm not including his times above thirteen seconds. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety six. Twelve ninety three. Twelve ninety three. Twelve ninety three. Twelve ninety four. Twelve ninety two. Twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety seven. Twelve eighty. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's pretty. I'm wrong. That, I mean, that's that's one of the all time like. I mean, it's literally the greatest season, obviously. Ty Hurley never. Um, but just in any event, like that was just some insane dominance. And uh, 
yeah, I mean, still the jump from twelve ninety two to twelve eight zero as a you know your one. That's what I'm time, talking about. Yeah, it yeah. is is a is an insane jump, which I think just further illustrates how tough that world record's going to be. Even if Holloway is unbelievable, he could run twelve nine a bunch. He could run twelve eight a bunch yeah. and still not get it. Like that's that's a that that record's not gonna like. I'd still. I, I mean, it's, I'd still say Holloway's a underdog for sure to get that record. Oh, I think he's a lock, more so <laughs> than the Warriors were the other night. Take your $29 you have now, put it down on Holloway. Uh, he's going to be the first guy under 12-8. I mean, that I, would be awesome. I'm, lo- I'm rooting think, for it. I think this season, like when you read Merritt's Times, I could see Holloway putting that sort of season together this year. And again, maybe the progression won't be exactly the same, right? Maybe he'll do – maybe he'll get to 12-8 mid and – hit that a bunch of times before like maybe his jump will be he'll go from right now he's at 1298 maybe he'll jump all the way down to 1288 and be stuck there for a while no guarantee he's going to progress the exact same way that Merritt did chances are he won't but I could see a season like that where he what did you say he goes under 13 I think it was like 10 times total yeah I was just yeah I could I, I could see him doing that I mean he has that ability and now he has one event to focus on as opposed to four like the physical like, there's no weaknesses, really, in Grant Holloway's game. That's the thing, right? His flat speed is better than everybody else in the event. His endurance, right? There's not many 100-meter hurdles who have split 43 in a 4x4, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. He has long jumping and high jumping abilities. I don't know how they they work their way somehow into help helping him be a better athlete than pretty much everybody else in the hurdles. He has too many things going for him not to be great at the hurdles and not to be great at this event. Like he's just, all of the inputs are there. There's just a matter of time before something ridiculous gets spit out like a 1277 or something. It just, there's just too much there. That's too good. I mean, I, I, I think the talent is, is off the charts. There's only five times it's ever happened. Someone's gone under 12, nine. I, I think he's a redefine the event. I, I, I just, mean, that's hey, I'm, I'm here for it. I think, I think we're going to be, we're going to be talking about, the next five years of Grant Holloway, for, like he's gonna get on that uh, that goat list pretty quick. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what that's what I'm putting down. Uh, okay, let's play the song though first for him. He earned the song, right? He absolutely did. Hey man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record too. It was the best performance by an American citizen Or a relay team composed of American citizens And an athletics event within the United States or abroad Hey man, did you see that American record? All right. Anything else from Lee Van, Jason, before we leave France and go back to the United States? No, I think that was, yeah, that was it. That's, I mean, that's a very uh, very eventful day, though. That was, it was yeah. good. It was good. Yeah, all the races, if you guys want to check them out, the ones we talked about, they're all on Flowtrack's YouTube page. Uh, if you want to search them, the races in their entirety are up. So you can, uh, you could have, like, played them along. While listening to this podcast, if I was smart, I would have told you that at the beginning. But anyway, they're there. Watch them at your leisure. 
watch them while we're talking about the Super Bowl, and then you'll be caught up. Yeah, yeah, you could skip that. I'm sort of regretting that digression right now, and it's kind of rare. Okay, high schooler runs 357 at the Atlanta track. Who? Or Atlanta track. I keep calling it the Atlanta Track Club. American yeah, Track it's, League. Because it's ATL, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I get it. I got TI on my mind, man. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, you also have Baker beating Bromel in the 60. Uh, yeah. But let, let's start first with Hobbs Kessler. 357, high school senior. That's the... U.S. high school indoor record beats Drew Hunter's mark and third fastest all time behind only Alan Webb and Jim Ryan. Yeah, that's so. I mean, we got to the point of a little uh, fatigue from high school 359s, um, which is, you know, still an insane, amazing accomplishment, but it's just, it started happening every two years and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still pretty awesome. But like, you can't, you know, at a certain point, it's kind of like, okay. 357 gets my attention. And this is what I'm saying. I'm telling people this, and I don't know if they're listening to me, but I, th- go ahead. Go on. Sorry. 357 is the new 359. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying 357 is different than, way different than 359. Yeah. And it, oh, it feels kind of dumb because it's only a couple seconds, but it's just, it's different when you're the 10th or 11th fastest high school miler of all time versus you're the third fastest behind only. Webb and Ryan. That's different the, to me. Yeah, the the two legit like names that like you know every track fan could name. Like mm-hmm. most track fans can't name you the ten uh, plus guys who've broken four. Like it's just not the way it's going to work. Um, you probably could, but well, right. But look at it. Look at this list. Let me let me pull it up here. Shout out to Wikipedia. You got Ryan. You got Tim Danielson, Marty Lacory. Marty Lacory had a had a good career. Yet Webb. Versbikas ran one year at Oregon and then went into triathlon. Uh, Matthew Mayton went to Oregon, uh, had a decent college career. Grant Fisher, obviously, won an NCAA title, running fast with the Bowman Track Club. He panned out. Drew Hunter, obviously, planned out. And then you have Michael Slagowski, who did it in 16. Reed Brown, who did it in 17. Um and then you have Leo Dashback, who just did it, obviously too soon on Dashback. But yeah, if you if you made the list of guys from that, you know Ryan, Ryan and Webb are the top two. And now third is Hobbs Kessler, right? He's he's slaughter behind it. Now it's different era, different time. But I just think it's different when you're running a three fifty seven indoors versus running three fifty nine high in an outdoor meet in April, May, June, something like that. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And it's, and this and doesn't include the, like, 15 other guys who made sub-four attempts in the last few years who ran 401 or 402, who were basically right there. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree, and who knows what Kessler is going to do outdoors. Because um, 357 indoors in February uh, have a lot of time to uh, to improve on that. So right. I agree. I think it, it is a, a big leap. Obviously, you know, I mean, when you're – not that much different age than uh, Jakob or something. And then yeah. it, it, you have to put that in perspective as far as, cause it's not, you know, same with, yeah, running 359 is in high school is, is always amazing, but it's like, you're still, you have to improve by so much to, oh, yeah, to hit yeah. the next level. And yeah. some people just don't do it. We see it all the time, but uh, you get 357, you do it at this point in the season. Um, this, this bodes pretty well and it makes it much more exciting. Now, now, you know, his next, real run at something is going to be like a big deal and i'll be looking forward to watching that yeah this kid's totally low-key because 
COVID wiped out his opportunities to run fast and he did some quick time trials, but his times that were officially recorded uh, on the track were nowhere near this. So people are like, wait, what happened? Where did this kid come from? And he does, he has a little bit of training with Nick Willis and coached by Ron Warhurst, Nick's coach. So there's definitely a lot of reason to be, to think like he's going to continue to improve. He's also really big into rock climbing and isn't, Oh, yeah, he's not a running 24-7 type of guy. And I think a lot of other people on the list that I mentioned were putting out monster times at an early age to where sub four seemed inevitable. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And you had that hype and that buildup. He didn't. And again, part of that was because of COVID and he didn't get those races outdoors his junior year to set it up. But then the other part of it is he just seems very low key, which uh, again – that's what you'd want at this point in his in his career. You don't want all that pressure and expectations. And right now he's committed to NAU, and they're pretty good. Yeah, they just get every good athlete, right? That seems like NAU. NAU men, and right now North Carolina, North Carolina State women. Just every, they all. That's where they're going. It's just. Uh, I mean, Stanford is always going to recruit well. Oregon going to get some yeah. people, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's a just, it's, it didn't surprise me when they said, "Oh yeah, and he's going to NAU." Um, right. Baker over Bromel. <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's the biggest. Well, I mean, that's some of the stuff that happened <laughs> indoors was 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 crazy too. But like, this is big because Bromel had been running so well, mm-hmm. and I still very high on Bromel for this year. But actually, seeing Ronnie Baker. Mm-hmm do something i mean he you know he ran okay last year the brief times he did um did but it's like year? kind of been a while right since we've seen like say, baker did, did he race last year didn't he race a couple times at the end of the year or am i making that up i think you i don't want to disagree with you after that last time no i probably i probably uh you know i had one good thing and then I, i'm gonna uh, ruin it with this. okay yeah you did kind of ruin it he raced oh wow i mean he had a big indoor season he actually ran 644 at at, in Leven, where, where all the distance people oh, are popping wow. off, here at 644, there, and then outdoors. Oh, I just ran twice, so 10 Maybe that, I mean. Well, that was crazy, that meet. But... I think that was that meet where, was that that meet where people were just chilling, going through the motions for the Nike contract Probably, stuff? yeah. But maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, okay. But your point stands, 19, he sh- was hurt and showed up at USA's and. I think that's, yeah. So just like him kind of trending in the right direction. I didn't remember him just like running really well indoors um last year yeah but he hasn't had like a big hundred since 2018 yeah so we need to see that obviously and i mean the fact that he ran 640s multiple times last year mm-hmm. um i mean it doesn't make this 653 seem uh especially special but um Bramel been running well so baker running well here i you know we just need to see him kind of bounce back because he's 27 so he's still you know mm-hmm. pr- probably in the it should be in his prime um and that u.s team is not going to be easy to make uh but he definitely has the talent for it so it'll be interesting yeah so we have bromel we got lyles and then we got we got baker right there in that group with and gatlin gatlin yeah i guess you'd have to put him there someone else i think will pop up but those look to be the four names right now I would put Baker ahead of Gatlin right now. I mean, we haven't seen much, you know, from know. Gatlin, but like, there's no chance Gatlin's not in 
mid nine nine shape at worst case scenario, <laughs> right? I mean, like that's yeah, but you know what I'm. It's just it's been twenty years since that hasn't been the case. So right, I know, but it's also hard to. I mean, eventually it's going to come to an end, right? Eventually he's going to run. I guess. I mean, ten one. Can you imagine if? Can you? Yeah, one would think. Can you imagine if Coleman wasn't suspended? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean the hundred team would be that pretty interesting. Be tight. It'd be hard to get hard to get on that team, and that and that four by one would be if a Baker, Bromel, Coleman, Lyles, four by one would be would be pretty fast. I mean, last year's was pretty good. They had Rogers and Gatlin on that team, but oh, it's Gatlin's birthday today. Actually, looking at this list, oh, he's thirty nine is... today. Okay, so you know. Who knows? I just it's so hard to count on Gatlin at this point. But Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um oh one other result. I mean a thing Mo is still fast. College freshman, fifty point five two in the four hundred. I yeah. brought this up because I know you like unconventional doubles. I don't know if she's gonna double, but she's legit four eight runner. And we don't see many four eight runners. Yeah, I mean that's I would love if that could really happen. Like, I mean it's there's literally, I mean, who, how many four eight runners been, have we seen in the last? 15 that's what I'm trying to think. Like, who would have been even the best case scenario? Like, Rudy should could have been an easily. I mean, we see Emmanuel Career do worst, it, but it's not but, this, Emmanuel yeah. Career doing it and not making the final in one isn't the same. But like, you yeah, don't, yeah, there's just not many. No, I, but that's yeah, that's super weird. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, let's let's do it let's make the double possible because we can make them all possible if we want to <laughs> i knew it was going to get around to that but yeah that time's a u20 record number four in the u.s all-time number four in the ncaa all-time and she beat she broke sydney mclaughlin's record wow puts it in perspective just how good yeah and is. i i mean i feel like mclaughlin i mean she didn't run the 400 much right indoors she ran at a few times she yeah. set that i think she set that at, at that ncaa championships where everybody broke every sprint record it was really mm. strange <laughs> i feel there, like mclaughlin's and, had a you know a superstar pro level of competing since she was like 16 where she runs like five times a year and yeah that's, no, that's and true that's i mean true. and she's that good so you know that's the way it is but it's i'm always like oh man i I feel like I have. I mean, like I have, like I haven't seen her run in yeah since the World Championships. No, you're you're not wrong. I'm looking at 2018 for her, and it is not telling me what the results are. Hold on, I'm almost 100 percent sure it was 2018. It was okay. So yeah, she ran 50.36 was her bet, <clears throat> and that was when she was a freshman. Oh wait, what? Why is it? Why Mo is fifty point five two? What am I talking about then? That's was, weird. That was definitely her uh, indoors. Yeah, March tenth, College Station, fifty point three six. Hmm. Because I remember she... I picked McLaughlin to break fifty that year as well outdoors, but then she just never ran it, and it was very well. <laughs> she ran fifty oh seven in her opener, and then never ran it again. Yes, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, come on, like this. Yeah. <laughs> she could have easily done it, obviously, but uh. I don't. I don't know. Did I get? Is it? Was it fifty point five two or did I? Thing Mo four hundred. Sorry, gotta get the stats on here. No, yeah, fifty point five two. All right. Yeah, World U twenty. 
Hmm. Indoor record. But it says this on Tila Stapaya next to Sydney's World U20 record 50.36. What am I missing? There's something I'm missing here. Anyway, uh, one other story I want to talk about <clears throat> before we get to, to emails. Francine Niensaba, Jason, 800 yeah. silver medalist. is Big three. What's that? I say part of the big three. Part of the big three. Yeah, part of the big three. Dominated uh, the medals in that event for many years. She is going to run the 5,000 in Tokyo because she's impacted by the DSD rule, the same rule with Caster Semenya that prohibits her from running events from the 400 meter to the mile. Now, we saw Semenya go down in distance, apparently. I don't know if she's still going to do it, but she was – she ran at least a couple 200s. Nian Saba's going the other direction into the uh, into the 5,000. She ran a cross-country race uh, last weekend over 10,000 meters as part of her as part of her preparation. But she's never even run like on the track, according to this NBC Sports article. She's never run anything longer than 2,000, which is a really weird distance to have yeah. your longest race. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, I mean, it's, I mean, there's a reason they made these arbitrary cutoffs, right? The 400 through the mile. Um, oh, because, you mean because they were winning. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, be, because they go anything shorter than that or longer than that. It's going to be insanely difficult for them to compete. Right. I mean, that's, that's why they made those cutoffs. Um, oh, I think they just, oh, you're saying they didn't want them to be in any event basically. I, that's what I think. Not okay. a not a serious metal contender in any event. That's that's. You're saying they weren't motivated by science? <laughs> yeah, that's. It seems unlikely. So so yeah, my thought. You know, it's just you're an 800 runner. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, uh, you could you could pull the four. You could pull the 15. Those obviously, you know, those make sense depending on what kind of runner you are. The 200 is just a whole huge world away from the eight, and so is the five. Like they're yeah. just not even close. Um, unless you're Hassan. Um, so I, I mean, it's all, I hope Nintaba has success. Like I would love to see her make a real run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so hard. I mean, it's just such, such a different, different, yeah, everything. Um, so, you know, this is 31, her first one, yeah. 33, 45, you know, on a, on a cross country course, I'm sure she could obviously cut that down, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, getting to the point where you're trying to make a final, it just, it just seems so far away. Well, the 10,000 or the 5,000 need, I mean, it's not too hard to get through the rounds. I mean, there's a, I don't know. 3125 is the 10,000 standard. Five, 5K, what, 1510? So, I don't know. I think it's possible. It's hard to judge. Yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not impossible. It's just, man, it's so, it's just such a different, you know, I mean, hey, I, I don't know how long she's been pushing her training towards this yeah like you know has it been this has been the plan for all of last year and she's doing it and this is where we're at or we're just starting to figure out the potential in this like Mm -hmm. i mean those obviously make a huge difference so it'll be interesting to track like i said i have you know i hope she gives it a gives it a good run well and it's interesting that to will be to compare her and semenya if they both really go for it all the way and just to see just to see which path yields the most success the two the 200 or the or the 5000 cuz you're right those are both 
just vastly different events. They're not in any way, shape, or form related to the to those mid distance events. Um, the f- the five seems more realistic to me, just offhand. Yeah, like the going up in distance versus that aggressively going down. Yeah, I, I mean Semenya's incredible. I just can't see a scenario where she's like a twenty two low or a twenty one nine runner. Well, she's just got to run twenty two eight to make the. I think it's just. I think this is just with Semenya. This is just about making it. Yeah, and that's, then and that's fair. And, and then you're making a statement because you're going to get a whole bunch of attention. Um, so I, you just got to run under 2280 for the 200 and you got to run under 1510 for the 5,000. That's the ball game right there. I think, I know they want to be competitive too, but I think it makes a pretty loud statement if you're able to still make it and then have that platform to speak about it as well too. And it's just insane to think you can make the Olympics (laughs) in events that far apart. That's you know, we talk about Safan Hassan having crazy range, but eight hundred yeah. to five thousand is that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, Hassan's the only one who's kind of done that. Like Hassan was actually a good eight hundred meter runner. Mm-hmm. But like I talk about different body types. I mean, it's not yeah, not close. Yeah. Okay, let's go to email. Houseofrunnergmail.com is the email address. Start first here with. Let's go to Luke. Yeah. From Delaware. He says, bring back split shorts is what he wants and bring back the splits versus compression shorts debate itself. I understand the practical reasons for athletes choosing to wear compression shorts, but Grant Holly looking so good while setting an American record is reason enough for me and not even dusting on any hurdle. It's the ultimate classic and classics never go out of style and neither will Kipchoge's GQ shoot. That is Luke from Delaware. Yeah. I mean, Grant Holloway is just doing the Lord's work there for this. So the split short crew, like if you're yeah. a high, if you're a self-conscious high schooler, you can point to Grant Holloway and be like, look, this guy's a, this guy's a sprinter. He could be wearing compression shorts, but he's not, he's wearing distance running shorts still. David Oliver, of course, the one yep. we point to for that as well too. Yeah. It's a classic look. I like it. Um, I think someone should go like knee socks with it too. Just fully, fully mm-hmm. embrace it. Um, you know, that's just, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all about that look. Brian, the emailer, formerly from Raleigh and Pennsylvania, but now from Boulder, has a bold prediction. Drink. He got pretty carried away after Bryce Hopple's first race. I love it. Because okay. his prediction is that Bryce Hopple will win the Olympic gold and set the American record in 2021. Ooh. This, wow. So this year. Okay. Wow. I like it. That's bold. That qualifies, right? <laughs> yes. 100%. Because... Of how good Brazier was in 2019. We talked last week about how Hopple gave him a little bit of a scare last year outdoors. And then it looks like he's creeping up on his American record. Although Brazier's running this weekend in an 800, so we'll see how fast he can go. But look, against anybody else, I'd say eh, it could happen. Because Hopple's rapidly improving. But so is Brazier. <laughs> Brazier's still so young. He still has so much room to grow. And... I think Brazier's going to retain his gold medal this year. But I think Hopple is favorite for silver. Yeah, I mean, it's they're basically the same age. Um, You're just nailing with the, these ages today. You're doing Hopple's five months younger. That's it? That's it. That's they're crazy. Both, they're both born in 97. Okay. So Good year for the Bulls. 
very good year for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Coming off uh, the 72 wins, they go 69-13, you know, win the title. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it wouldn't be completely insane for Hopple to beat Brazier. Um, I think Brazier's, you know, better right now, but Hopple is improving, and if mm-hmm. you think they're the best two in the world, like, it's not... Brazier isn't, you know, he's not David Rudisha yet, where it's like, this guy's unbeatable. Like, he's clearly the best, I think, but I think he he would have to continue this run um, for a while before I was just like, oh, this dude's invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I expect Brazier to win, but uh, but I like the, the confidence in Hopple. All right, let's go to... Let's go to... Let's go to Marshall from yeah. St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. Given the amount of discussion we had on winter sports last week, I figured I'd throw this oddity out there. Lolo Jones, formerly one of Iowa's top track and field athletes, behind the likes of Shelby Houlihan, Christian Schweizer, and technically Jenny Simpson, who was born in Iowa but moved immediately to Florida, apparently won the Women's World Championships in the two-woman bobsled this past weekend. Evidently, Jones is now a world champion in two different sports, having won those championships in three different decades. And that's getting, like, Tom Brady-esque with these stats. <laughs> However, to make this bold claim, one must also certify that being an indoor world champion counts. Jones teamed up with Callie Humphreys to win gold for Team USA. Humphreys is a three-time world champion and two-time Olympic gold medalist in the bobsled. 2010, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2020. However, here's where things get a bit wonky. Humphreys won both golds and her first two world titles competed for Canada. She was subsequently released from Team Canada and started sliding for the U.S. bobsled in 2019. However, she is still awaiting a citizenship decision that will determine whether she can compete for the U.S. Olympic team. I will admit, I do not have a great understanding of the rules when it comes to competing for Team USA, and maybe USATF's requirements are more rigorous than USA bobsled, but I would have to think we could leverage this example to help King Chez compete for the U.S., given he's lived here since high school. All the best. That is Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Yeah, I mean, that kind of... I mean, that's... Obviously, I don't follow bobsled too closely. I did see that Lolo Jones uh, won... So that's cool. Yeah, the the world champions thing, like it's technically accurate, but it's fine for that to say because it's a true statement. You're the world champion for both, but really, like if you, I think if you're like a real track fan, it's not really the same thing. You're not counting indoors. No, it's just not quite the same. It's yeah, it just doesn't count. Sorry, it's it's if winning Commonwealth doesn't mean like if you say you're a gold medalist and your gold medals in the Commonwealth Games, that's awesome. But like you're deceiving Global people a little bit. Global championship, yeah, <laughs> including you're people just slightly. Yeah. Um, so, but it's still you know still very very impressive. Obviously, she's an incredible athlete. Um, but yeah, I mean, can we give Chesarek a break here? Like it just let, how let, let I'm wondering compete. how. I mean, I would love obviously this, if he wants to compete for U.S. Clearly, I mean, he clearly should be allowed to at this point. It's kind of ridiculous. However. I mean, and I also want to watch it from just a sport perspective, just how he would fare in the U.S. trials. Because I could see, I mean, part of me thinks, oh, yeah, he could make it. And then I think about it again. I'm like, I don't know, could he? Like, the <laughs> U.S. team is really good in those events. I guess the better path would be the 10,000, you'd think, which is a little, a little softer right now. But it, by no means would it be a sure thing that he'd be able to get it and in fact you'd almost say in the 5,000 especially is it easier to make the Kenyan 5,000 meter team or the American 5,000 meter team 
There's no, a sentence it's I didn't... the it's the it's the American team still for sure. You right? sure? Just yeah, for just pure depth wise. Well, let me talk to you about depth, Jason. Do you want to hear something about depth? Do you want to hear a story about depth? I do. Okay, well, let me take you back to a little place I like to call Doha, Qatar. Okay. 2019. It was very hot. Sweated constantly, except when I was in the stadium because the AC. Hope that's still working out for them. Uh, fancy yourself in that final. The U.S. had two men in the final. Kenya only had two. No one meddled. Talking about making the team here. I'm talking about gold in Munich. Well, who was good? Okay, let's go back to... Do you want me to use 2019? That's probably the best spot, that, right? That makes 20, more sense, yeah. Yeah, 2020 is weird. Okay, so let me talk to you about making the team or gold in Tokyo, whatever you want to do. And I'll, I'll throw some times out for you. Do you want me to throw some times out for you, Jason? Would that I make would, you I happy? Would love, I would love you to. Okay, because you're about to get exposed. Just kidding. Okay, I honestly don't know the answer to this question. Um, but now I have the results in front of me. Okay, Nicholas Camelli. Number one for Kenya. He was seventh, seventh fastest guy in 2019. 1257.9. Two tenths behind him, Woody Kincaid. 1258.10. Okay. Lopez Lamong is the next one for the U.S. in 11th. Matthew Centuritz in 12th. Well, Centuritz not running it, so that's irrelevant. Jacob Krop from Kenya, 13. Edward Zakayo Pengua. Uh, is next with 13.03, and then Cesarek himself there, who's right ahead of Chalimo. I think it's like dead even, dude, to be honest. <laughs> well, so he- so here's the thing. So you're through three in 2019. It was pretty even. The thing is, once you open it up to like a field, you have 13 Kenyan guys who could all, and 12 of them are 18 years old, could run 12.55 on any given day. Because they have the most insane depth and and things, where the U.S. is vastly improving and it's gotten a lot better, but really it's three or four guys competing for the spots, and that's you know a testament. The U.S. is getting a lot better, but Kenya can fill up an entire starting line with dudes who could actually do something. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. They didn't have a, a guy. They got one person in the final in London in 2017. I don't like. I think. I yes, you're right that they have a lot of guys at thirteen oh five ish. But they don't have anybody at thirteen flat. Or that many people at thirteen flat. So I guess I guess my point would be if Cheserek has an off day, he'd definitely tumble farther in the Kenyan trials than he would in the US. But I think at his best, I think he might have a better chance in the in the uh in Kenya than the US. Who's like a lot like who would you bet on right now? Who's a better five thousand meter runner? Would you say right now? Would you say Paul Chalimo is, or would you say Nicholas Camelli is? Let I mean, me answer maybe... that for you. Paul Chalimo is the answer. <laughs> okay, and then I'm honestly I'm going to go at least six deep before I get to the next American. No, no, yes. no, no, no. I'm going to see no a hundred times. No, no, no. Okay, I'm looking at. I want to look at Camelli's. He doesn't have Camelli's twenty two. Does he have any medals? He's twenty two. He's barely competed. I know, but that they're all that's that's how it is, and then we don't see him again. That's part of it. He ran Camelli ran twelve fifty one last year, by the way. Yeah, what's his? Uh, but how many does he has he medaled? I honestly don't, I don't think he has. No, no, because like basically okay, twenty nineteen was his first. You know, he's twenty. So years zero old, medals for that guy. Paul Chalimo has medals, so that's good. 
Uh, I like people who meddle personally, but that's just me. Uh, I don't I mean Lopez could run it, right? Lopez could try to double. That's not he outside. The could I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's likely. <laughs> I think it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, Kincaid. Yeah, that race was completely out of nowhere. But he's yeah. So sub- Woody, Woody Kincaid, you can't put ahead of any ten Kenyans who could do who do the same thing every year. Right. I mean, like legitimately, like Kincaid. That's awesome that he randomly ran sub thirteen. But like, if we're just gonna say the random fast time, like Kenya does that all the time. Where I don't, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm looking at these lists. I don't see it. You got last year. You're right. You have Nicholas Camelli, twelve fifty one. Their next fastest guy, thirteen ten, which is right with Sean McGordy of the U.S. thirteen eleven. McGordy could make the team. Fisher could make the team. They just ran fast. I'm just saying. I think it's easier to be on the line in the trials for Kenya. Now, Kenya just kind of makes but... up the rules as they go, so maybe it wouldn't be. <laughs> no, I think 10,000, definitely harder in Kenya. 10,000, they got real depth. But 5,000 has been a problem for a while. Just like in uh, Jamaica, 200 was a problem for a while, and then it became a real big problem. <laughs> and then the 100 became a problem too for the men. Women are fine. But like... We forget when these countries start dropping duds because they've been so good for so long. But, I mean, when is the last? Let's go back here. Let's just do some more. Let's go farther back in the archive here. Let's go to 2015. Let's see. 2015, we have, okay, Caleb and Deku, silver. Run Caleb and Deku, yeah. Run Caleb and Deku. But 16... I mean, have they not meddled in the last three? That would be pretty disappointing. Yeah, they didn't. In 16, it was Farah, Chalimo, Gebruet. Oh, man, they didn't. Jason, this is bad, man. They didn't even have been in the final in 2016. They are not good. Let me say that again. They are not good in the men's 5,000. I'm just going to say it. They're not. U.S. They- went 2 5 11. You know how many team points that is? That's 18. <laughs> I'll say 5 and 11 are, are pretty irrelevant, but 2 is very good. Five of, irrelevant? Bernard Legat lost by Mr. Metal by, okay, like two seconds, but he's Bernard Legat, so uh, <laughs> cut him some stuff. I just love got Bernard Legat, but. He just got DQ'd, so he probably would have been a spot down. But again, uh, so you have Indiku in 15. You have a lot of years where they're not even making a final. Let's go back to 13 if you want to keep taking these L's. Okay, but uh, my two. whole thing was making the team. I'm not saying once you make the team, he could win a medal. Like, if Edward Chesapeake is winning the medal, it doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing because he already made the team. I'm just saying these guys aren't – if you're not good at the championships, you're probably not good a couple months before. I'm just saying it's a weak team. Well, that's team. the U.S. The U.S. has one guy who, who shows up on uh, who's actually won a – done something and that's fine so if you want to give him a spot guaranteed i'm not going to argue with that yeah whereas kenya I think, I think he could be the best guy in kenya i think he'd be the best guy if, well, if he could be the best guy in kenya you do not have to worry about him making the u.s team <laughs> he is a lock for the u.s team then right but then but ergo it's easier because he could finish first in kenya and maybe second no in because if you have a slightly off day you could still make the team in the u.s but if you have a slightly off day in kenya you might have three dudes who can run 1305 or faster look i'm this far into this take i'm not gonna back out <laughs> it's a weak team it's oh weak. It's for 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 kenya absolutely it's weak. yes thank you if we say every any other country but it's like you're you're we're holding kenya to the kenya standard 
Meanwhile, we're trying to give extra points to the U.S. because we have never really been good. And we're like, yeah, well, uh, Woody Kincaid and these guys who have proven nothing, really. I mean, they, they have a, you know, a solid time, and that's great. But like, yeah. we're, we're, we're giving bonus points to the U.S. for being bad in the past. No, what I'm saying is we have a known commodity, and they don't. <laughs> and our, and that, that known commodity is Chalimo, and they don't have anybody. If you're asking me between Nicholas Camelli and Paul Chalimo, it's not close right now who I would count on in a trials qualifying type race. It's not close. It's Chalimo. No, it's that's – of course. But also, like I said, Camelli's 22. Like if there was a U.S. guy who just ran 12.50 at, in tw- at last year at 21 years old, we would be doing backflips over this guy. Ingerbritson's like 12. I don't care about ages. Uh, yeah, no. Ingerbritson is a whole different world. He's, he's way better than all these guys. Yeah. I just – I think – there's not much depth there. If he, but he still, if he wants to compete for the U.S. at this point, he should be competing for the U.S. because he's been here for forever and, and conceivably jumped through all the hoops. That's that, something we can agree on for sure. That he's asked to jump through. But I also think the U.S. There's going to be somebody emerge from that pack. There's going to be another Bowerman person who runs another 12:50 high or something like that. I think that that could that could come uh, here as well too. So you'll see. You'll see. Hey, what 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 we're gonna do at the end of the season? Yeah, who, we're gonna take who wins top, this? How do we decide top five who wins? Kenyans and top five US? Because that's like a, a realistic pool of guys who compete we're to make times? the team. I mean, or I we guess. Doing, I don't know what else we do. We need head to do to like a formula. We need to, yes, we're gonna do everybody's head to head. There's only gonna be like two five thousands run the whole season, and we're gonna try to figure this out. No, we'll factor it. We'll factor that in. We'll look at. I mean, you have to look at how they placed in championships, right? At, at, at the Olympics, does, or does that not count to you? No, that's that's important. But like I said, it, for me, it make it, it, it. Your whole argument was whether he makes the team, and I know. But that indicates if Paul Schlemo wins bit. the gold, that's fantastic, and that's that'll be that'll be awesome. I'll be very excited about that. It doesn't really matter if the next best U.S. guy isn't as good as the next three or four Kenyan guys. I know, but what I'm saying is, yes, that's a step beyond where we're going, but it also indicates how good that person was. It's yeah. It's a, I think it's a better in, in, indication as opposed to. A random fast time. I mean, let's just look at Ethiopia, right? I could tell you definitively, Ethiopia is harder to make just based on where they finished in the medals. I mean, that's a, in twenty nineteen. Or if, or if you look at the times, either way, your your Ethiopia is a pretty safe bet, right? But I mean, you're getting yeah, Idris Borrega. They went one two four last time. That's all I need to know. That's well, yeah, I'm if the U.S. did that, I wouldn't be arguing against the, the U.S. right now. I'm not. I'm just saying Ethiopia is better than the U.S. right now in the five thousand, and you are arguing with me about it. I don't understand why. <laughs> they also had the three best times in the world in 2019. Who? who oh, was that? Oh, was that was Kajelka in there? No. Borrega. That's the crazy thing. Kajelka was sixth, no seventh, in, was in it, Ethiopia. Was it Borrega and? Um, Telehun Haile. Oh yeah, yeah. He got fourth. Uh, and then Borrega, then Gebrewet. We're all twelve fifty four faster, yeah. and then you had Hadis at twelve fifty six, and then you had Idris at twelve fifty eight, and then you had Gajelka. Yeah, Ethiopia's better. I don't know how many ways I can explain this to you. Ethiopia is the best <laughs> five thousand meter nation right now, but Kenya, not anywhere close. Like they're kind of handing in their lunch. It's not. That's a. That's a one sided affair. Like when you name oh, all those names, Kenya right there, versus Ethiopia. Absolutely, that's not a. That's not a challenge right now. Yeah. Well, according to you, the Kenya's greatest thing since 
Sliced five thousands. Okay. <laughs> next five. Uh, next email. We talked about bobsled already, right? We did. Okay. Uh, Luke from Delaware again says, "I don't want to say I called it because I didn't. Not entirely." He says he sent an email back in the fall. I don't know. He says time is a flat circle during COVID that mentioned one fellow Delawarean by the name of Kieran Tuntavate running in a running a Delaware soil mile record. Oh, man. I speculated that he'd move on to Tinman Elite to be with other fellow Delawarean Sam Parsons. Actually, Parsons may have grown up over the border in PA, but he went to a private school in Delaware. I was wrong about Tim, Tinman Elite, but I was right about Tuntavate going pro since he's now officially on the roster of the Bowerman Track Club and debuted at the Prickly Pear Invite. Delawareans making money moves. I love to see it. Keep an eye out for him in Tokyo representing Thailand. Maybe part of his success comes from the fact that Delaware cross-country races are almost entirely big loops. No repeat loops and quite hilly. See? There it is. Thanks for letting me vent my unprompted Delaware state pride. As I mentioned about cycling and running, have a Napoleon complex. Being a Delawarean comes with a Napoleon complex as well. Also, name three cities in Delaware. Stay oh. safe and healthy. That is Luke. I cannot. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. You want to fact check me on this? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pull this up here. Well, I'm gonna go with Wilmington, largest city in Delaware. Okay. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go with Dover, the capital, of course. Mm, nice. Which is it's a small state, but those two cities are far apart from each other. I would have gotten Dover. I don't. I think that would have been it. Okay, and so Joe Biden, the president of the United States, mm, I've heard of him. Watched a lot of films about his upbringing and ads, Delaware, Scranton, PA. But I think the town in Delaware that he always talked about was it Claymore? Is that a town Clay- in Delaware? Claymore. There is a Claymont. Ah, Claymont. Do I get points? That's what he says. Claymont. That's okay. close. There's also a Clayton. No, I think I think the first one's right. All right, I got another one though. Uh, Rehoboth Beach. Rehoboth Beach. So I'm R E H O B A. Oh, number forty-four. Yeah. Population fourteen hundred. Uh, Tony Kornheiser has a vacation home there, and he would talk about it nonstop <laughs> on his radio show that I used to listen to. Hey, Sorry. that's that's how I know half my stuff. Yeah. Um, I probably maybe I could have pulled Delaware City. Um. <laughs> Wait, Just so says, is Wilmington one? Wilmington is one. D- is Dover only, two? Only 70,000. Yeah, is Dover two? Dover is two. What is three? Uh, Newark. Not New Jersey, Newark, apparently. But Okay, I never already got that. What's four? Yeah. Uh, four is Middleton. Middletown. Middleton. No. I don't know. Keep going. Keep going until I say Five stop. is Bear. Literally <laughs> like the animal. <laughs> Six is Glasgow, where they're just stealing cities from other <laughs> countries. Just a bunch of Scottish people there. Seven is Brookside, uh, which is just like a development in Summerlin. Um, eight <laughs> is Hawkinson. No, nothing. Uh, nine is Smyrna. No. Like they're just not even trying. Ten is Milford. I feel like maybe have I heard of Milford? Was that in some sort of pop culture? I don't know. All right. Um, no, yeah, I don't. Top ten. That's that's it, man. I could not have done any more. Then there's also a Wilmington Manor. Probably the rich people from Wilmington live in Wilmington you. Manor. Throw another, pick another random state. Let me see, see how many I can do. So, um, let's see. Let's let's stick with the Northeast. Um, let's go with Vermont. Oh, okay. 
And the and the goal is three. The goal is three. All right. Well, obviously Vermont City. Uh, <laughs> it's very possible. Burlington. Yeah, it's code factories everywhere. <laughs> Montpelier. Yep, that's the one I would have gotten for sure. Are those one and two? No, Montpelier is actually seventeen. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. Uh, Burlington's one though. Man, I don't think I can do. Damn it! This is this is embarrassing. They've got a lot of. Uh, well, there's the there's the one obvious. And then they've got a lot of uh, like British sounding cities. Wait, uh, wait. There's an obvious one, like Springfield. Be- yeah. <laughs> it's a. Re- yep, number twelve. Okay, what's two? Essex. Three. South Burlington. Four. Colchester. Five. Rutland City. Uh, six. Bennington. No. Seven. Brattleboro. Uh, Milton. I feel like I've heard of Milton. You know what I try to do when I'm playing this game and doing it unsuccessfully? I try to just like imagine it's like the beginning of a college football game and they're introducing like where the offensive line is from. And oh, there you like, go. But it's like no one's from Vermont and no one's from Delaware. So I can't do like I could probably be like with Michigan or Arkansas, I could probably rack my brain and find some random city right. that I've heard someone uh, is from. On a on on a in a football game, but well, they only have two cities with more than twenty thousand population, so that's two, two. Burlington's <laughs> forty two, and Essex is twenty one, and then that's Jeez. it. I mean, that's a it's a you know it's a small state for sure, but uh, that's tiny. What's wow, the population is, of the whole state? Um, that's a good question. Can't be that much. Vermont population. I'm saying less than ten million. <laughs> Barely. 623. Yeah. But only two cities over 20. Ah, okay. Let's move it on. Let's move on. Excuse me. Uh, Brian Wilson, not the beach boy. Obscure sports suggestion. Looking mm. for suggestions for obscure sports to follow during the COVID times. Are you? Well, I present to you the Marble Olympics. Marble My friends Olympics? and I discovered these on Is that YouTube. cigarettes or marbles? No, Marbo. Marble Olympics. M-A-R-B-O. L Y Olympics. Gotcha. When we were uh, when we were dorm bound for a ten day streak of snow days, when I was at college in the undoubtedly great city of Cincinnati, <laughs> this guy came up with creative ways to recreate a handful of Olympic sports, mostly track related, with marbles and simulated an entire Olympic games with them. And let me tell you, his production values off the charts. It might even be better than the actual broadcast of real track meets, which I know is a very high bar to clear. The commentary is what really does it. He builds the drama and weaves storylines, keep track, keeps track of medal counts, and if I remember correctly, there might even be some injuries and unsportsmanlike conduct involved. <laughs> Needless to say, my roommates and I each hitched our wagon to one of the marble teams and wasted away many hours getting super amped over the Marble Olympics. They've occurred in 2016, 17, 18, but I think the guy uh, that makes them might have stopped after that. Still many hours of content to consume if anybody's looking for it. He also did winter marble Olympics, but maybe you can skip that one, Kevin. Happy running. <laughs> that is Brian. I remember when like kind of first couple months of, of the pandemic, like there was a lot of marble videos, marble racing going around. Yeah. 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 Um, but this sounds more in depth than that. So, which, you know, that was, that was fun to watch, but it seemed like once, uh, you know, the blue marble was in the lead, then that was the end. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would, I, I'm gonna have to look this up. 
All right. Now we got, let's see. Cam, not Levens, from Georgia. Mm. Says, I'm emailing to tap into your incredible running knowledge, and if that fails, the collective knowledge of House of Run listeners to get to the bottom of a mystery about UTEP's 1983 cross-country title, or rather lack thereof. While pursuing the Wikipedia page for the Men's Cross-Country National Championships and looking at the yearly list of champions, I noticed the 1983 team winner is simply listed as vacated. The page explains that UTEP won the team score, but the NCAA later vacated the result. It doesn't explain when or why, and I can't find out more anywhere else. Runner-up Wisconsin was not awarded the meet in their stead. So do any of y'all know what happened? That is Cam from Georgia, where huh. I can name three states. And I can name a sh- crap ton of counties in Georgia because of the runoffs. <laughs> I could just go county for county. I could probably name more counties and cities in Georgia right now. Oh, geez. Off the top of my head, I don't. I mean, I knew that UTEP had one vacated. I always assumed it was with stuff like that, it's recruiting violations or rules violations that were discovered. Uh, well, yeah, I'd never, I didn't even know this. They um, like that was the year, like UTEP was, I think the year after that they they like fifteen to meet one year. Oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's a great question. I bet one of the listeners, I bet, I bet for sure knows the answer to this. Um. And also was the creator of the Marble Olympics videos because it's always someone who knows two of the things we've talked about, like in perfect sync. <laughs> so, yeah, they scored 108 that year. I think it was, geez, when was it? was near that when they, maybe it was 82. There was one year where they, I don't, maybe it wasn't 15. I want to say it was 15, though. No, 82. They were, ugh, this is going to bother me now. Let's see if I can go. This show just descended into just Googling things. It's just a yeah. terrible, terrible show. Utah, men's cross country, national championships. Here we go. Let's see. Every autumn, the national championships are. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm going to get it now. I'm going to get it. Ready? Ready, 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 ready. I it, want well, it. If I get this wrong, I'm going to be really disappointed in myself. Oh, they scored 17 in 81. I'm sorry, 17 mm. points. It's pretty good. It's not bad. So they won it in – oh, jeez. They won it in 1969, 75, 76, 78, 79, 80, 81, uh, and then 83 was vacated, and they haven't won it since. Yeah, the year that they scored 17 – I guess they went, what, 1, 2 how, – how would you get 17? So I mean, you could go one, two, three, four. Tell me all the possibilities. Of how seven. You, um, you could also what if you skipped? What is that? The only way you could do it is if you went one, two, three, four, seven. Because if you went like one, two, four, five, six, that would be eighteen. No, that'd be seventeen. Okay, I'm gonna give you the answer. So right? basically, yeah, they, they, you know, someone just obviously kind of cracked either the middle or. So they went one. Two, three, seven, eight. Wait, there you go. That doesn't add up. Six. So a couple of those runners in front of them didn't score for a team. Oh yeah, that's probably it. Because yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was uh, Colorado, San Diego State, and Penn State in between. Um, so, so yeah. two so of those w- must not have scored. Well, they went one, two, three, right? So that's six. That's six. 
So they had 11 points. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. If you can get your top five in the first eight of a national championship meet, you're going to win a lot of meets. It's going to be tough to beat. That is the – I think that's the lowest score in – well, it has to be. The Stanford team had something ridiculous at one point, too. They had 24. Stanford scored a 24. Um, let's see. Is anybody else in the tw- – Arkansas had a 31. But obviously, 17 is, again, pretty hard to beat. Pretty, pretty hard to beat. We got a voicemail here from Chief. I can't remember. Did we play this one last time or not? Uh, what's the let's see what's the date on that? I'm not looking at it. The now. date is February second. So eight, eight days ago. When did we record yeah. this? Yeah, we did that. Okay. He's talking about betting. God, now it's 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 amazing how little I remember from episode to episode. Um, <laughs> this is we'll just we'll play it next week. That's what we'll do because yeah. then people have might have forgotten it. Well, because we recorded Thursday of last week, right? So that would have been two days after that. So I'm pretty sure we would have played it. Okay. Uh, Your memory is better than mine. You park on the fourth floor every time. You know exactly where your car is. All right. (laughs) That's it. Exciting meet this weekend. Uh, New Balance Inter Grand Prix Mm, is on Saturday, and that's going to be – Always good. Oh, man. You got all sorts of crazy fields. A lot of sprinters in action. Centro, angles – Brazier, uh, Jenny Simpson is running. You got Sydney McLaughlin. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we'll talk about that, of course, uh, next week. Maybe we'll have a new person to put on top of the. Th- maybe I'm guessing Holloway's going to get in another indoor meet, too. So maybe someone else will be a leader in the clubhouse after next week. Might be. Might have a changing of the guard, Jason. And we better. This is a. Uh, it's happening every time. <laughs> I want this to continue for fifty-two straight weeks. Yeah. Hope everybody enjoyed the uh, Super Bowl analysis and the naming of cities in <laughs> Vermont. If you have a state that you want us to do, write in houseofrunnergmail.com and just use a list of state. Yep. That's it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, I'll also tell you three things that I know about your state. And Jason will tell mm, you That's good. I, I might be better at that than I will be at actually naming cities. Um, what about – what if I said, hey, what are three things about a city and the city was Cincinnati? What do you think you could come up with? <laughs> uh, Skyline Chile. Um, <laughs> completely down the road, middle, average, nothing distinctive. It's, um, it's distinctive because it's not distinctive. That's yeah. What it that's what makes the it Reds, good. the Bengals. Even their teams aren't distinctive, right? I mean, so I was talking – one more aside here. I was talking to uh, my brother-in-law who we were – I was – you know, we were doing the whole – when the pandemic's over, we should do all this stuff. And he lives about – he's a huge Packers fan, grew up in Wisconsin. And he's like, hey, he lives about five hours or so from Cincinnati. And he said, yeah, next year, let's go see the Packers play the Bengals. They're playing at the Bengals. I didn't fact check that. I'm just assuming he's right. Um, and then I said, or we could drive four more hours farther and see them play at Lambeau Field. <laughs> and 
And he said, well, you know, longer trip and more expensive. I said, yeah, but are you going to, like, tell your kids one day about the time you went to Cincinnati to see the Packers play? No, go to the actual – he's never been yeah, to the stadium. I was going to say, has he, if he's never been, that's – yeah. With, he, without question, you have to make that trip once if you're a Packers fan. I mean, I am a Bears fan. I, you know, boo Packers. But Lambeau Field's a – you know, it's a pretty pretty iconic kind of place. So, yeah, if you're going to do it. he Apparently, it's r- impossible to get tickets. But I figure, you, you know, now – yeah, you stub hub them. You're gonna you'll spend too much, and you'll kind of like be like, I shouldn't have spent that much. But then you, it's a once you do it. It's a thing you do once. Yeah, right? yeah. Or you love it, and you do it every five years or something like that. Yeah, and it, it was you decide that it's worth it. But I, he grew up an hour from the stadium and never went. Wow. So, so I was like, you gotta go. You, and it, it, this is not just a roundabout way to make fun of Cincinnati again, but it's just to show that it's not important. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, poor Cincinnati. No, it's fine. It's just, would you go to? A, I mean, what would you do? You'd drive the four extra hours, right? Well, yeah. So it's like if I lived in, I don't know, Kentucky or something random, and I was Kentucky's like, not random, Jason. It's a real. Yeah, place. it's you know, like like I was trying to. Th- I need to look at a map to try to figure out what I'm actually trying to do here. Um, it's pretty close to Cincinnati. So if that's what you're wondering. Okay, sir. So I need to zoom out now. This is this is very important. So I need to get this right. Stand by everyone. Yep, this is this is important. I'm getting you through your cool down right now. This is this is good. <laughs> okay, so Cincinnati is there. Gotcha. Um, so let's say let's say I I'm in uh, I'm in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Cincinnati's up the road there. The Cubs are going to play the Reds. Huge Cubs fan. Got to go see the Reds. He I've never been Nashville, to Wrigley. By the way, I've never been to Wrigley Field though. You haven't. What, what? No, but in this scenario, I haven't. Okay, yeah. Why the hell am I not driving to Wrigley Field? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's it's an insane thing to do. I'm sorry. Your brother-in-law, I'm sure he's a great guy. But tell him, tell him, this needs to be done. We're, we're, well, I, you're I, doing it this way. I think I talked him into it. Uh, and he is in Nashville, so that example was spot on. <laughs> I did not realize that, but that's... Well, I was trying to look somewhere where Cincinnati was, you know, closer than... Isn't it like... Uh, since it's like four hours... Right, which I never would have known. Yeah, four. Oh, and I half... have no idea. I've never, I've never even been to Nashville. But it's four and a half hours from Nashville to Cincinnati, and then if you add on, if you go to Green Bay, I think it's nine. I think that's what I, I looked up because yeah, he told is... me this, and immediately I was like, no. If we're gonna commit, let's commit. Oh, ten hours, ten hours and forty minutes. Okay, so right, or maybe maybe you find a really good flight to Milwaukee or something. I don't know. That's true. Or maybe you go to Chicago or something and spend the night and yeah. do some fun stuff in Chicago. Maybe you go to Indianapolis and see see Chief, right? The mayor. Maybe well, wherever you go, Chief will be there. So <laughs> maybe you he'll stop be like in patting Devonte Adams on the back as he Lambo <laughs> leaps into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I thought it was I thought it was funny that of all the the places he picked, he's like Cincinnati. I was like, because it's like if you're not if you're going to go to a uh, a visiting stadium it's like yeah why don't you just wait till they i mean eventually they'll play the titans right right yeah <laughs> let's drive down the street it's a good point um yeah. yeah but i think if you've never been you know and hey if you can't do it this upcoming year whatever like plan it out you know mm-hmm. firm down for 2023 or whatever yeah. you're doing and, and make that happen because he needs to i like how you're the go everywhere guy now it's awesome oh didn't yeah used, that's didn't used that, to be that way i mean i always like to uh like to travel i mean i've i know I mean, I guess every show you remind me of how few places I've actually been. Um, 
No, but, the uh, listeners are doing that, not me. That's the point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm all about like I, I love. I mean, that's one of the hardest parts about this pandemic. It's not being able to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Houseofrun at gmail.com. Again, right in. Uh, and we will be back next week. Talk to you guys then. Jess Gennis, Zach Levine with 44. Bulls about to close out the Pelicans. They'll get me interested for one more week until I'm sad again. <laughs>